In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I have a little secret for you. Keep it between us, as much as possible, I guess. When I have trouble sleeping at night, because I'm anxious about various things going on in my life for the lives of people that I'm uh, dealing with in my priesthood, and I have all my normal ways of going to sleep, I read and do all, the, all these things, and I still can't sleep, I go into a personal fantasy that I am a superhero out to save the world. I have superpowers where I can manipulate metal uh, at my will, and I use that metal to fly and do many various things. And it works like a charm. By the time I can save the world, I'm fast asleep. I would be an awful superhero. I say this story only for this reason. I use that as a kind of distraction. You know, when you're really caught up in the things of your life, there's a lot of issues that you're dealing with at once. I normally don't try to uh, distract myself, but at nighttime, I kind of need to in order to go to sleep. That's kind of the idea. And I use that as an example for this reason. I think we're living in a world now where what I'm doing at nighttime to help me sleep is what we do as a culture almost totally. We're almost totally distracted. We're almost totally living in this fantasy world of our own creation. And we're given all the tools to do that. I, I'll, I'll share a story with you. It was recent that I was invited to a house. This was not a Chaldean house. You'll have no idea who this is. Uh, I was invited to a house to bless the house and all these things. And uh, the mother went to her 19-year-old son's bedroom to tell her, there's a priest out here, come say hi. And he's 19, he's not nine. And he wouldn't come out. He refused to come out. And then when she opened the door, he slammed the door shut on her, in her face. And I, I mean, I was there, I heard the whole thing in the khipli. And, uh, and that's kind of what happened. But it made me think, this is obviously an extreme example of, I think, a reality that has permeated our culture today. Somebody that is otherwise an adult, locking himself in his room, playing, presumably, video games and just watching videos and just scrolling through the internet and just, you know, rotting away on social media and essentially being as antisocial as possible, is becoming kind of normal in many corners of our society, which is a really unfortunate thing. What kind of generation are we raising? What I do to help me sleep is I escape into a fantasy world because it's easier and my thoughts aren't bombarded by the difficulties of reality. If I did that in real life, you would not have an effective priest, period. Why do we live then in such a world where we're constantly distracting ourselves? Because it's easier. Life is hard. It's easy to just decide this world is hard, this life is hard, things are difficult. It, in order to succeed as a human being, and I'm not speaking financially, in order to succeed as a human being, in order to be actually joyful, stable, 
and reliable as a, as a person, it requires a lot of effort, a lot of sacrifice. It requires a lot of gusto from within us. But when we're tempted by distraction after distraction, it's very easy to just give in to that, create a world of our own making, because the false world that we create for ourselves is a much easier, to, a much easier world to live in than the one that God has made for us. The thing about life is that there's no escaping the cross, no matter what position you're in. The cross is there. Jesus is going to strap a cross on your shoulders, and we're either going to have to carry it or we're going to reject it. And the method of rejecting it is by just putting it down and deciding that I'm going to live in a world that, where there is no cross. But that's just a fake world, and that's kind of the point. This dialectic, uh, say, tension between false and real world, the false world of our own creation and the real world of God's creation, this tension between these two things is exactly why John wrote the gospel that he wrote and why he begins the gospel with exactly this reading that we read today. St. John writes his gospel, the other three gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke write much earlier on, probably in the 50s to the 60s, something like that. John doesn't write his gospel until about the 90s AD. He was about 80 years old when he wrote it, and that's because there was a heresy that came floating around in the, in the, in, in the Christian church and outside of the Christian church in and around that time called Gnosticism. Gnosticism, for short, is this heresy that says there's this dualism between the material world and the spiritual world. The spiritual world is good. The material world, which we see and sense and feel and so on, this material world is bad and it's evil. And the way that we become happy people is by escaping the material world into the spiritual world. This dualism. Catholicism believes that the two are intrinsically, inherently related to one another, that they belong with one another. You really don't have one without the other for the human person. But why would the Gnostics say that? What's attractive about this heresy? It sounds just like a weird philosophy. It's attractive because it's the same thing that we're living through now. The material world, real life, which is the material world and the spiritual world, real life is hard. Just go into this thought process. Just go into this uh, ruminating method. Just go into this spirituality where you kind of escape everything that's over here and you just live in this ephemeral world, this fake world where you can escape all the hard stuff that comes with being a human being in this life. That's Gnosticism and it's come back in force. St. John, it was uh, prevalent in his time, and so he writes his gospel. And what does he write in the gospel? He begins here, what we read today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, and the word was with God, and the Word was God. Now fast forward. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is very confusing, it seems, but it's actually not that confusing. What is St. John saying? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is God. What is Word? Why does he use this word? I hate doing that. Why does he use this word to talk about God? Because a word is something that's formulated, right? You and I use words, and they are a sound which is expressing something that's in our thoughts. And it's, we formulate this sound so that we can give it away to another person as a medium, a method, 
of transferring what's in our mind into the mind and into the heart of the person that we're communicating with. A word proceeds out from our mind, from our heart, so that it can be given over to another person. St. John is saying, this is what God is. God is word. God is an the word of God is an expression of himself that is meant to land in the ears and in the hearts of another. God empties himself for the sake of another. God communicates himself over to others. That's what God is. That means God does not just live isolated. He does not just live by himself. God wants to communicate himself to others. It is in God's nature that he is outward-oriented, not inward-oriented. God is not self-absorbed, but God is selfless, self-giving, self-emptying. God gives himself over. That's what John is saying God is. And then to take it even further, God further expresses that, not just by communicating himself to us the way he did in the Old Testament. So for example, with the prophets, Isaiah says, and God said, so on and so forth. Ezekiel says, the Lord spoke to me and said, son of man, etc., etc." So it's not just God is speaking to us the way we speak to one another. That wasn't enough for God. John goes on to say, no, it's not that there's this dualism between the material world and the um, spiritual world. It's not that there's one is somehow uh, uh, evil and another one is good and we're supposed to escape one because it's very hard out there and so we're supposed to just escape it all together and go into this eternal thought process or something. No. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became one of us. It's not enough that God merely communicates with us, but God so much proceeds outwards that he comes to us in our own flesh, that God condescends. He comes down to us. Compare that with the unfortunate kid whose home I visited, who's so wrapped up in social media, so utterly obsessed with video games, so utterly consumed by television and TV, and, uh, and TV shows and all these things, that he has no even awareness of other human beings that are around him in order to communicate himself with. He's just living inside of this false reality called social media and TV and TV shows and whatever. <clears throat> Disconnecting him totally from the real world. It's as if he's actually plugged in to a different one. That level of inability to communicate oneself has become so far removed from what it's like to be God and from what it's what God intended for humanity to be, that unfortunately he and many others like that just become less and less human. The humanity of somebody that is consumed by all these things that distract us from, the, from real life. When we're so distracted from real life, it's as if you can just watch yourself or watch others or watch myself rot away from our humanity, slowly and surely, even unbeknownst to us. Why do we do this? Again, it's because the material world is hard. Life is difficult. We can't escape the cross. 
We fear living in this life. We fear, we fear the difficulties and the suffering and the pain of this life. So we try to keep ourselves space. We invent for ourselves this fantasy world, these distractions as kind of safe spaces for us to live in. But that's the problem. When we live in these safe spaces or these false realities or these distractions, we just build a wall, a bubble around ourselves such that they are impenetrable. No one can enter in. And that's kind of the point. No one can enter in and we're just there alone. And we're, when we're there alone, we rot there alone. The human person lives on communication with God and with others. The human person thrives off communication with God and with others. If you know, babies, this has actually been studied, babies without the sense of touch, if they're not carried by their parents, actually die. That's an actual fact. Because the human person is made to live in communication, in proximity to, and in relationship with other people. When we just isolate ourselves, we end up rotting away. But we end up isolating ourselves because we're thinking that we're keeping ourselves safe. The human person is not made for safety. And the human person is not made for comfort. And the human person is not made to live in an isolated, safe manner. The human person is made to live in a risky way, like God. God does not, first does, not does not perfect the world before he enters into it. He enters into it first. And by entering into, into it, begins the process of perfecting it. So with you and I, we don't just, we can't live a life where we're first sure that I'm, you know, forming this relationship with this person or doing this one thing, going after this goal, achieving this task, going out for this career, whatever it is. We can't first have the mentality that I have to guarantee that I'm going to do well before I go into it. No, you risk yourself first. You put yourself out there first. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us first. We must go out first. We must risk ourselves first. That's why Jesus says, he who saves himself will lose himself, but he who loses himself for my sake will save himself. And John Paul II says, you know, there's this motto that goes around, oh, I'm trying to find myself, I'm trying to find myself, I have to find myself, I'm lost. John Paul II says, you will not find yourself until you give yourself away. Brothers and sisters, the word proceeds outward and then becomes flesh, comes out to meet us. We must also come out of our hearts to go and meet God and come out of our hearts to go and meet one another, risking ourselves in the process, but the reward is guaranteed by God. Amen.